My Lord. Yeah, you ought to be hugging somebody right now. You ought to be shouting right now. You ought to be grabbing somebody. Go wake somebody up and tell them. Tell them you just want to tell, I love you, Jesus. Somebody needs to know that. I love you, Jesus. And I worship. And I adore you. And I just, I just want to tell you, Lord, that I love you more than anything. More than anything. I love the part in that song. It probably passes you by. Reg, it says, because of you. We get so full of ourselves that we get because of you. Because of you. My cloudy days are gone. Because of you. It ain't because of me. It's because of you that my cloudy days are. And I can sing to you this song. And because I know it's because of you, I just want to say that I love you more than any, anything. Help Help us, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more, more than anything. Help me. I love you. I love you. Right about now, we were having a normal service. I'd have jumped off the pulpit, and I'd be all over the congregation grabbing members and asking them, do you love him? Tell him you love him. Somebody ought to say, I love you. More than anything, tell them. If I, if I had the energy, I'd run to your front door and knock on it right now and have you shout out, I love you, Jesus. Yeah, go to the door and tell somebody I love you. Tell the neighbor. If the neighbor won't come out, tell the dog, tell the bird, tell somebody. I love you, I love you, I love you, no matter where you are, no matter your circumstances, no matter when you listen to this, whether it's right now live or you come back later, just stop right now and say, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you. Teach the next generation to say, I love you. Come on, Twanisha. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I love you, Jesus. Can't get out of this morning. Come on now. Worship. I worship and adore you. Because of you. Just want to tell you. Come on now. Lord, I love you. Thank <laughs> you.
Thank you, Lord. Ha! Yeah, y'all come every Sunday. Yeah. Yes, sir. Y'all need to come every Sunday. If this gonna make the difference like this, y'all come every Sunday. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Help me to get there. We got a word from you this morning. A word for you. A word for you. You heard a word in song, a word in praise, a word in love. Now it's time to go to the word, the word of God. See what God would reveal to us this morning concerning us living and doing better. We've been concentrating this month on the spiritual exercise or the, the part of our spiritual walk known as prayer. You've been working on your prayer muscle lately. You gotta exercise your prayer muscle like you exercise anything else. And like anything else, it's a mental exercise it's also a physical exercise. Whether you can actually speak or not, you need to put your body in a place if you're able to so that you can talk to the Lord. You can be laying flat on your back in a bed. But you need to position yourself toward the Lord. You need to get yourself ready to reverence him. And I'm convinced by scripture that he will hear. I love this. Anthony, the Bible says that he'll incline his ear. He'll incline his ear. Can you imagine? Just like a child. No matter how old you are, you ever seen a child trying to tell an adult something? And the adult can't hear him and the adult inclines his ear to hear from him. God does that for us. You ought to say thank you. And when I can't find the words, when my life is all being communicated through tears, I love that he can interpret tears. The language of tears is known by God. If, you, if you're familiar with the computer, you can get something sent to you or look up something on Google and it comes translated in another language and at the bottom of it, it has a little line that says translate. And if you hit that translate button, it will flip the language to most commonly English. Well, that's how it is in heaven. Yeah, yeah. God understands all languages. He understands tears. He can translate that. He understands anguish. He can translate that. He understands frustration. He can translate that. And he understands joy. When you're so happy you can't find the word and you just shout. There's some transcriptionist up there in heaven that's typing out, yay, 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 yay. Happy, exceedingly happy. 
Somebody's typing that out because he knows us. He knows us. So don't be afraid to express yourself in whatever way you can because he knows us. Last Sunday, last Sunday in the month of September, last day to focus primarily this year on prayer. And so we turned to an unusual conversation about prayer that I think deserves lifting up. It comes from the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 22. Chapter 22, it's a frightening passage of scripture. You look at it just from the, the reading, Luke is sitting there talking to his disciples, I mean, Jesus is sitting there talking to his disciples according to Luke. Verse 31 says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. <laughs> Jesus said, but I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, get busy, strengthen your brothers. Just for a little while today, on this last day in the month of September, walk with me as I talk about somebody pray for me. Somebody. Somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Took the time. People don't understand. Time is valuable. But somebody took the time and, and prayed for me. And I'm so glad they prayed. Y'all remember that song? I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. For me, people underestimate the power of prayer. And Brother Hall, if you're going to take some of your 24 hours given to you this day and break it off and spend it talking to the Lord about me, I ought to be grateful. I ought to be grateful. I ought to be grateful that you prayed. Pray for me. And then you go on in that song, I love it, T. Go on and say, they say, my mama prayed for me. Some folk don't know this. They don't know their mom. Never met their mom. They don't know for real if their mama prayed for them or not. Yeah, so they'll jump and say, my daddy prayed for me. Same problem. Don't know him. Don't know if he prayed for me. But I love the songwriter because she, she put a can't fail on there. She said, Jesus prayed for me. Yeah, I don't know if my mama was a praying woman. I don't know if my daddy knew the Lord like that. But I know Jesus. And Jesus prayed for me. Yeah, had me on his mind. And he took the time and, and prayed. Pray for me. Yeah. Somebody pray for you. That's called intercessory prayer. While we're going through what prayer is this month. <laughs> I hear you, Red. Yeah. Yeah. Intercessory prayer. Gave you a definition in your outline. 
prayer that's intercessory means making a petition in favor of someone, especially a prayer or a petition to God on behalf of another person. So in other words, that can be some intercessory conversation between me and somebody else on your behalf. Yeah, I could, I could, it almost like a reference on a job can be intercessory. Yeah, I can pick up the phone and call somebody and I say, hey, destiny is coming to you for a job. I'm calling on her behalf to put in a good word for her. That's intercessory. And that's what somebody does. Alvin, when they say, Alvin has got something on his mind. Alvin's going through something, Lord. I'm just coming to you right now to ask you to spread some special grace on, on Alvin. That's intercessory. Luke says that there was a conversation between Jesus and his disciples. Can I, can I set it up for you? They're sitting there and a whole lot is going on in Luke chapter 22. If you watch it, Luke has... Luke has one of those FX shows going on in this chapter alone. I don't know if y'all watched FX. FX has the kind of shows that come out where you can't really tell who the main character is in the show. I mean, there's so many of them. It's so layered. And in this instance, you got the plot coming against Jesus. So Judas is in there trying to get things against Jesus going because he's lost Focus on what Jesus is about, even if he ever knew what Jesus is about. See, he's lost faith in Jesus because it's not coming fast enough for him. I want it now, 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 because you can't get it for me right now, Jesus. I'm going to the other team. And so Jesus, and so Judas turns around and he goes to the other team and starts making deals with them. And then Jesus comes in and he locks in his disciples on the last ordinance they'll celebrate. He gives them the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, according to Luke's transcript. Yeah, they celebrate the Passover meal as one, and then he institutes, after he puts Judas, the mess maker, out of the room, he sends them and he tells them, now, let me tell you about this ordinance. Let me tell you, I'm about to give my body and my blood on your behalf. All of this in 22, before you get to the relevant portion I'm talking about. And then you get down to another side conversation. You know how it is when you're at a family dinner and you got the men in one room talking sports or whatever, and then the women in another room talking stuff. And then there's a main conversation going on at the table. Well, that's how it was here. And in one of the conversations at the table, they want to know who's going to be great. When you come into your kingdom, Lord, who's going to be great? All of these things going on, I'm trying to paint a picture for you of what was going on. I tell you, you keep looking at the Bible like it's some kind of comic book. And it's like, it's really people living life. And I'm trying to lift it up so you can see your own life in their life. And they're sitting there and they're having a conversation talking about who is great. And Jesus has to straighten them out and say, look, you keep looking at men and their kingdoms and how they put a king on the throne and the folk who serve them are beholden to them. He said, but I came to tell you that even though I'm the king, I didn't come for you to serve me. I came to serve you. And so the greatness that you're looking for is misdirected. You want to be lauded by men. 
And I came to tell you, you ought to be serving men because that's how I came. That's how greatness is determined in the kingdom. He's telling his disciples, this small group of folk. And he said, I want you to know that if you become that kind of servant, then I look forward to you eating and drinking at my table in the kingdom. And you'll sit on the throne with me one day and we'll be judging the 12, the tribes of Israel. This is confusing to them because it doesn't fit the current situation as they know it. And then the Lord tells Peter, who probably seems more perplexed than anybody because he was so brash. He said, Peter, you're sitting here talking to me about being great and wanting to sit on the throne, but Peter, I need you to know this, that the devil had been trying to get at you. Now that should have sat Peter down. He said, oh yeah, Peter, Satan has approached the heavenly father and asked the heavenly father to let him have you. See Job as a reference. Yeah. He said, you're running around with all this puffing and you bad and everything, but the devil wants to get at you. He said, but don't worry, Peter, because I've been praying for you. In other words, the devil, the Satan can't get to you lest he come through the father. And the father hasn't taken his hand off of you. And I've been asking the Lord to keep you. Keep you. First thing you got to know is Jesus right there validates the power and the promise of intercessory prayer. When you know somebody's going through something, when you see somebody's going through something, you need to go directly to the Lord on him. Don't sit back and wait to see it unfold before you get involved. Immediately go to the Lord and say, Lord, help in this situation. James 5 and 16 gives us clear direction. It says, we ought to pray for one another. Pray for one another. But when we start praying for other folk, it tells God a lot about us, too. Some of us think that when we pray, we always got to be the center of the prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You hear it. You know, bless my house. Bless my folk. Bless my situation. Lift me up. Don't let me fall. And we forget that we need to pray for other folk, too. And in fact, you ought to be praying for other folk more than you're praying for yourself because that speaks volumes about how you deal with folk. Didn't Jesus say, I came to serve others? I came to serve you. We go through life and we have all these accomplishments and rarely do we give other folk credit for their support during this time. Sometimes we don't even, even give God credit for what he's done, even though he blessed us because we are inherently selfish. And you're going to pray for yourself you ought to pray that you're better than yourself. I'm better than my nature. I'm stronger than I would naturally be. That's a prayer we all ought to have. But there are going to be times in everybody's life when they get off track. And Peter was in one of those times. Most fascinating time of his life, I'm sure he'd look back later and say, when I was walking with the Lord and yet I was full of myself. I couldn't even see the joy of the Lord around me because I was too full of Peter. I was so full that I told him, 
I told him without a doubt that I'm going to be with you no matter what comes. And he knew me and loved me enough to say, before the night is over, you're going to deny me three times. But I'm so full of myself. When I should have been aware of what he was going through, about to go through, he just told me he's going to give his life, shed his blood, and all I can think about is me and my perspective. Not listening to him. Do you listen to the people around you? Do you hear what they're going through? Do you understand the struggles they have? Or do you only have a worldview directly from your perspective? You ever try to see life through their perspective and what they've been dealing with? Because there are going to be times when everybody's going to get off track now. Every born again believer. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about before you come to the Lord. Walk now. I'm talking about after you know the Lord, you're going to have some trouble in this life. Yeah. Now, what do we do when we mess up? How do we deal with it? And sometimes we get ourselves caught up in sinful situations. That's normal. But once you've been saved, you always saved. Somebody ought to shout glory. Yeah, because some of us would have resold our salvation. Some of us would have pawned it for something cheap on this side, thinking they could get it back because you don't understand the value of what you've been given. No. And the reason I know you don't understand the value is because you've been saved and then you went right back to your sin. You don't understand what God has blessed you with. And so what happens when a saved person jumps back into the sin they've been in? Well, your salvation isn't lost according to scripture. We ought to thank God for that. But what it does is fracture your fellowship. Yeah, I'm saved, but I'm distant. I'm saved, but I don't want to come around the Lord. No, 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 no. So my church going gets fractured. Being around folk who love the Lord, who seem to be a little bit uh, more aggressive in their fellowship with the Lord, gets problematic for me because I know I'm out of step. With it. That's one thing COVID has done. COVID has made it easy for folk who's struggling to stay hidden. Oh, yeah, yeah, not being able to come to church. Some folk come to the church building to stay on track in their life. They come to church because if they didn't, they'd go somewhere else. And now since they can't come to the church building, they just go somewhere else. COVID has been successful in that standpoint. Yeah, but I can tell you this, you got to work extra hard. That's why somebody got to be praying for you and helping you to pray for yourself. Because watch this now. When your fellowship is disturbed, you can't hear what God is saying. Yeah, yeah. When your fellowship is disturbed, it's disturbed. You can't even recognize what God is doing. Look at the disciples now. Jesus is telling them, I'm about to give my life and my blood, my body and my blood. But they don't recognize what's going on because they are looking at life only from their perspective and not from Jesus' perspective, not from what he's going through. When your fellowship is disturbed, you can't even appreciate what God has given you. That's in your house. In your life, you can't appreciate it. You take for granted the blessings that you have. When your fellowship is disturbed, you can't even applaud the goodness of God when you see it around, when your fellowship is disturbed. Yeah, when your fellowship is disturbed, you can't celebrate how awesome God is. 
Yeah, all because your fellowship is fractured. Your salvation is still intact, but your fellowship is fractured. And somebody here know what I'm talking about today. Somebody in here has been struggling with being in the fellowship of believers. Sometimes folk come to church and see you celebrate because they draw strength from watching you celebrate. They need to see somebody else who they know has been through some struggles celebrating, but in their everyday life, they're just around folk who don't know the Lord. And they feel alone and abandoned and they need somebody to help them lift Jesus. They need somebody to be on one accord with them. And we take for granted the assembly of the saints. But some folk need to assemble on a regular basis. That's why they knock you down coming through the front door. Because they need to be in the place. You might have other folk in your house who pray and teach and talk Christ regularly, but they don't have that. They need somebody to hang on to, and they are glad and know it's important when somebody pray for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So COVID is a cover-up to what was already messed up. Oh, yeah, it is. It means I don't have to if I don't want to and don't nobody know it. People sitting here right now struggling. Your work... Your worship is worthless to you. Doesn't have the same value because your fellowship is fractured with the Lord. Praises just become loud noises to you. Lifting hands is just an exercise on a walk video. You don't understand what it means like you used to. In fact, you don't even want to lift your head because life is all about you. Preaching becomes loud speeches. Sin will mess your fellowship up like that, y'all. Oh, don't, 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 don't lose count on what it is. It's just sin. Sin has a way of clogging the filters in your life. Your Holy Spirit connection is damaged. It's damaged by sin. Adam was given dominion. And, and authority over all creation, but sin came and got in his way. Oh, yeah. Abraham was given the promises of God. I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about major things in Scripture. I want you to understand, these folk were given major opportunities, and sin still came calling. Moses was given the leadership of a nation. Sin still came calling. Noah was given a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sin still came calling David, promoted from the pastor, pasture to the palace. And guess what? Sin still came calling. Sin didn't come calling on the road to the palace. Sin waited till he got in the palace and came calling. Oh yeah, sin is not respectful of what God has done for you. You have to master that. Paul was given missionary assignment after missionary assignment. But guess what? Sin... Still came calling. He understood what it was to have to wrestle with the issues of life while serving the Lord for the future. And somebody here has been blessed too. Been, been blessed beyond belief. 
and you're still wrestling with sin. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to do backflips or, or jump up and down, but you know what you're dealing with. The Lord is waiting for you to call on his name. Because, see, it's here that the battleground is going on. I've been preaching to you all month about the two areas, the spiritual world and the physical world. I've been preaching to you all month that that's a real world, that spiritual world, and we're wrestling against issues in that world. You need to know it. You need all the help from heaven you can get when dealing with those circumstances. It is not on you alone to have to deal with that. When you line up with God against Satan, it's going to be a battle. Because Satan doesn't want you to succeed. He's going to try to discourage you and weaken you. You're no threat to him as long as you're not doing the Lord's work. That's what he wants you to do. As long as you're discouraged in your life, as long as you're struggling in your walk, in your witness, as long as you ain't singing and praising him and lifting his hands, then you are helping Satan's cause. Because he doesn't want anybody to lift the name of the Lord. You're going to try to use anybody and anything to affect your walk and your witness. I know it sounds cynical because cynicism is sin. And the Lord will help you deal with that as well. Satan is a threat to this world. He's a threat to you. You better take him seriously. All these folk come out thinking they can take him one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, he's dangerous. You need, a D, you need a Jesus jacket on when you're dealing with him. Yeah, now you can't come to him in your own power. No, no, you need Jesus to be leading the way. And he knows that if you're not talking negatively, that's a problem for him. If you're not gossiping, that's a problem for him. See, see when you're praising the Lord, that's one less mouth for gossip. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. When, you, when, you, when you're thinking healthy thoughts, then that's one less mind that can conjure up some problems for other folk. So he's going to try to disrupt that thinking and that singing any way he can. He's going to make you doubt yourself. That's what he does. But he has no real power. It's illusion. But illusion can be real. How many of y'all ever jumped at the shadow in your house? Everybody. Even though a shadow can't do nothing to you, it'll still scare you and throw you off guard. There's one less set of hands to do evil bidding when you're doing the work of the Lord. He's our opponent, y'all. And so that's the warning. Jesus saw Peter sitting there. But what he really saw was a prideful man, Tyrone. A prideful man sitting next to the most powerful man in the world. When he should have been focusing on what Jesus was saying, he was focusing on himself. All he wanted was his own come up. He never thought about the blessing that Jesus was. He didn't realize that he was already doing Satan's work, which is why one version, Jesus looks at him and says, Satan, get behind me. Because he was the personification at that moment of the pride that Satan loves. And that's why Jesus says to him, watch this now, watch this. He says to him, he says, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you. You 
Now you need to notice, you need to notice that in the Greek version of that, the word you is plural. So lest you get too comfortable in reading the scripture, I need you to understand that what Jesus was saying, while it was specifically said to Satan, it involved you too. Because what he's saying is Satan wants y'all. But I'm praying for y'all. I'm praying for not just you sitting here on this bench next to me or on this floor next to me. I'm saying for the y'all that's coming down the road. I'm saying for all y'all who are going to be reading this, if you don't think you included in y'all, then you're missing the point of what Jesus is saying. Talking to y'all. Yeah. Not just you, Peter, but all these disciples in here. Y'all. Not only that, he said he wants all of you, and then he says he desires you. You know what desires mean? That means to beg for in the Greek version. To beg for. In other words, Satan is willing to put something on the line. He, 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 he's approached the Lord begging for y'all, like he did with Job when he had to go get permission from the Lord to deal with Job. He got to get permission to deal with any of us. Same picture. But he wants you because there's one, one less person against his mission to prove that he is as great as God is. And that's his, that's his total, total job. That's why he took a third. Now watch this. Now you think this is, this is a small thing, but a third of the angels in heaven believed him and followed him. A third of them followed him and were banished from the kingdom because of him. He's smooth. Song said he's a smooth operator. You think you got it just in yourself to not understand or hear what he's saying? Well, he took a third of heaven with him. They believed him. And their sole job was to praise the Lord. We know that God is supreme and that anything that happens in the universe goes on because God allows it to go on. And so you ought to be glad to know that God has never taken his eyes off you. It doesn't matter how much Satan seeks to get you. You ought to be validated with the warranty you have that Jesus is praying for you. That Jesus is interceding for you. Yeah, he's there for you even when you don't understand fully the battle that's going on. Just know he sees you, he understands, and he is on your side. You need to stay in good fellowship with him. And then the last thing he said, he wants to shift you. Shift you. Shift in the Greek means to shake. Yeah, that's probably just a reminder in your life. Anybody in here got some shaking up in their life going on? Yeah, you can say it the way you want. Sometimes shaking up comes from health problems. Sometimes it comes from financial problems. Sometimes it comes from from relationship problem, but shaking up in your life is Satan's way of getting involved in your life. What he wants to know is how you gonna deal with the circumstances that come at that time. Are you gonna just turn to gossip and complaint and whining? Are you gonna turn to the Lord and go to worship and witness? Which way are you gonna go? Whining, complaining, worshiping, witness, celebrating how good God has been to you, it's up to you. It's up to you. When he starts shaking things up in your life, you have the choice on how you ought to turn. But can I tell you this? When you find yourself as a believer messed up, 
Just, just, just admit you messed up. Just admit you, con just confess it. If you mess up, then fess up. Just say, Lord, I, 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 I didn't do what I could do. Repentance is always the way back. That's how David became a man after God's own heart. It wasn't the degree of the sin you and I saw. It was the fact that he loved the Lord enough to go back to him and ask him for forgiveness. Repentance is the answer when you fall under the attack of Satan. Repentance is the answer. And know this. You should know this. Three things I'm out of here. First of all, that Jesus is the believer's intercessor. So when I mess up, I need to know that I confess up and that Jesus is there as my, my witness, my reference. Jesus is there. He was already, you, you need to know this, don't miss this in this, in this conversation with Jesus. I hope you didn't miss it because Jesus is sitting there talking to Peter. But what Peter doesn't understand, Alvin, is that Jesus just left a meeting advocating for Peter. Before Peter even acts arrogant and prideful, Jesus has already been in the other room speaking up for Peter. You need to hear me now. That Jesus has already been advocating for you. Already on your side. He was Peter's advocate before Peter's problem. He prayed that Peter's faith would not fall. Yeah, that's what he was praying for. Lord, strengthen him. That means that he prayed for him that he wouldn't permanently lose his way. That life wouldn't be so, so, so consuming that Peter might not fall out of the faith. He also prays that way for you. Maybe not that you won't fall, but that you'll get up after you fall. He's not trying to remove every rock that's a stumble but that you get up after you stumble. Yeah, you fall, but you don't remain down there. You sin, but you don't stay in sin. Yeah, you, 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 you got to get up when you mess up. And Jesus prayed before the problem came, while the problem was going on, and once you realize it's happening, he's praying with you then. You got Jesus on your side. He's all around you. He's all around you. Watch this. Watch this. 1 John 2, 1 and, 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things I write to you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous one. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Our, our, he's there for us. He's our advocate. And not only for ours, but also for the sins. Of the whole world. He's our offering, our gift for our sins when we've messed up. He's our replacement for what we've done. God accepted Jesus' sacrifice on behalf of us. And then I need you to notice that repentance is the correct response for sin. Turning away, not running away. Repentance is to turn back. Watch this now. Repentance. I was here. I departed from where I was. I'm going to repent and go back to Jesus. That's repentance. Not I was here. I messed up. 
and I kept running. That's running away. I need to repent, turn away from what I was doing, and turn away means to turn back to where I was. Repentance means I'm going back to him. Repentance. Converted. I've been converted. Been converted. Too many folk been, been saved. Been saved. Been saved. You've been adjusted to a new way of life, but you haven't been converted. Yeah, you don't know that you need to turn back. You got to go back to God. When you mess up, get back there as quickly as you can. And then lastly, the believer has a responsibility, and we shrink away from this. We shrink away from this. Not only do I need to realize that I got to repent when I mess up. Why? Because Jesus is praying for me. I need to learn how to be in fellowship and pray for myself. And when I mess up, part of my prayer of straightening up is going back to the Lord. And when I get back in good fellowship with the Lord, destiny, you know what I got to do? I got to tell somebody else. That's my responsibility. Yeah, I got to strengthen somebody else because somebody else is struggling. And it's my responsibility to support them. The believer has to take what he's learned from his failing or his falling, and then he's got to teach somebody else how good and merciful God is. He's got to help somebody else that's fallen. He's got to talk to somebody, and he's got to strengthen the faith of other folk. That's what we're struggling with right now in this place. Because we can't get together physically, we can't help one another, or we don't help one another in fellowship. But can I tell you, God has given us so many means of communication that I can call you, I can text you, I can email you, I can FaceTime you, I can help you in so many ways to strengthen yourself. By whatever means you got to use, get there and help somebody. If you got to send smoke signals, get there and help them with their fellowship. If you got to clap from across the street, help them with their fellowship. Whatever you got to do, strengthen them. You learn how to intercede for folk just because you know that Jesus has been interceding for you. He loves us. How do I know that? He died for me. He was willing to die for me. And he stayed dead until the Lord came and resurrected him. See, people always want to give some magic to what Christ did. No, Christ died just like you and I will. But because God loved him so much, by his power, God resurrected him. Jesus didn't resurrect himself, Tyrone. God resurrected him. And when he resurrected him, he gave him the power to all things, heaven and earth. I love the fact that he loves me enough to intercede for me. You can't have a better one in your stead. Call on the name of Jesus because he's, he's praying for you. God bless you today. God keep you, God strengthen you. 